Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about energy medicine and detoxification, a ton of different subjects because my guest today is very knowledgeable and I really want to pick her brains while I have her on the podcast today. So my guest is Dr. Linda Lancaster, who is an energy medicine physician. In 1987, she founded Lights Harmonics Institute, an energy medicine clinic and education center based in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Her training includes Ayurveda, yoga, medical radiesthesia, radionics, subtle energy healing, counseling, nutrition, herbal medicine, and detoxification methods. Her life-changing health and cleansing programs have been offered to her patients and their families for nearly 40 years now. So I'm very excited to chat with you today, Linda, to discuss some of the subjects in your new book, Harmonic Healing, which you kindly sent me a copy of before today's recording. And I've been digging into it. I've been through it multiple times, honestly, because it's so interesting. But I always start off by asking my guests a bit about how they got into doing what you do in the first place. Thank you very much. Um, So I will start by saying I was um, a teenager growing up and I was and I had uh, colitis. I didn't know what that was at that time, but I just knew I was in a lot of pain and a lot of gas and I couldn't digest anything nor my life at that time. So I searched and searched and I found yoga first, by the way, and, uh, but the yoga was just not enough. And um, I realized food had a lot to do with it. So I had to change my diet. And then I found out that I had parasites. I had uh, an amoeba in my system. And once that cleared up and I continued on the lifestyle, the lifestyle of good food, as well as understanding what my environment was and how to live within my in my environment so um i continued with yoga till this day and um and i start i i was really pushed into becoming a physician because i realized that all my fellow yogis were sick too and i just had to find out what to do with it but being a natural person always finding the holistic method. I studied homeopathy, I studied uh, natural healing, hands-on healing, all of that. So I began to learn that we have more than a physical body, we have an etheric body. And that etheric body is where energies come in and then begin to cause dis-ease. Amazing, yeah, you've got a ton of different modalities and methods in your tool belt, which I love and really inspiring. I aim to be like you in the next few decades. Uh, <laughs> and I find that yoga for a lot of people is like the gateway into meditation and mindfulness. So I went there as well. So um, I'm a big fan of yoga. And I wanted to ask to start off with the term etheric energy. I really honestly hadn't heard about that before, um, before you mentioned it with your practice. But how does that differ between other kind of energy definitions that we hear about in terms of the conventional medical world with ATP or adenosine triphosphate versus the Eastern medicine. They sometimes describe it as chi or ki. How does etheric energy kind of go with all of these other things? Yeah, well, etheric energy is, is everywhere because it is the space, first of all. But the etheric energy is what integrates with our physical body. Our physical body is not alive without ether without the etheric force field. So we have a physical body and then we have an energy field, which they call chi or ki. However, how I look at it is, 
we have a physical body that is the etheric and has an etheric double and they are connected because if that ether comes apart then uh, uh, separates then we no longer have the life force so i look at ether as being the life force it is the first element in ayurveda so if we study yoga as well you'll head towards understanding ayurveda and the first element is ether then it goes into air, and then it goes into fire, and then water, and then earth. So we have five elements. But the ether is actually the energy that create of creation. And it is the space within all things. So this is what we call the etheric force fields. It's very much um, explained in uh, anthroposophical medicine as well, because Rudolf Steiner um, uh, talked about the etheric force field where all life comes from. So the, a plant has a physical component, but it also has an ether field. That's why eating plants are so important because we need to feed our ether. We need to feed our, ethereal, uh, our etheric field. So it's a very energy, energy medicine um, usage of words or understanding is this ether that it is everywhere, you know. Um, it's life force. Nothing is alive without ether. And what are some signs that someone might have issues with low etheric energy? Is that just what we think of as fatigue or are there other things? Exactly, exactly. So we have a physical, a physical body and an etheric body. The ether is really the reserve body, but it integrates. It's, it's actually penetrating light that comes in as ether into our physical form. And um, it, it cannot be seen. Well, I shouldn't say that because people can see those, those etheric fields. But when we just look at each other, well, there's just a physical body here, but we are more than a physical body. That we start to, we've started to understand um, that the ether is the most important uh, element to nourish. So how do we nourish ether? We nourish ether through food. Food that's imbibed with etheric energy or imbibed with energy. So how, why does some food not do that and others do? It's just basically organic or not. So because um, when we're, we're looking at synthetic chemicals or pesticides or Anything that interferes with the force field, yes. Anything that's processed changes that field. That's why I try to explain to people, please eat good organic food because we're not going to stay well unless we do that. And what about with the whole Ayurvedic medicine and also those in, into yoga? A lot of them are on vegan and plant-based diets. And um, so with the whole animal protein side of things, I'm a big fan of high quality animal protein if it's grass fed and if it works for your digestion and things like that. But what, what are your thoughts? Is it again, just coming back to the quality? It gets back to the quality, yes. If you choose to be a vegan, then you're a vegan, but let, let it be filled with lots of uh, vegetables that has an electromagnetic field. Um, I'm not against eating meat, but if you're going to eat meat, please eat grass-fed, eat meat that's not contaminated. But we don't have to have meat to, to stay healthy. That's, I feel, is a choice. And according to the constitution of the person, somebody who's um, digging ditches have a bit of a, of a problem just surviving on plant diet, okay? Because they you need, need that bill, that yeah, and some people are more con constitutionally, they've grown up for generations upon generations. I mean, if you're living up in, uh, in the high levels of Alaska or Siberia, there aren't very many plants. You have to eat the meat. So you, you have to eat the high levels of protein to survive. So you look at your environment, uh, environment again, see how your, um, what is your, what are your needs? Do you sit sedentary at a desk? you know, or do you, you're working out and, 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 uh, you know, running marathons. So we have to look at, there's no one diet for all. And I talk about that in my book, actually, is that 
most important, good quality. Second, balance your diet, not just meat or not just vegetables. If you're going to be a vegetarian, you need a lot of vegetables, but also you need the grains and the beans because that's where we're going to get our protein. Especially being vegan, you're not going to have dairy as well. So um, I, I pretty much balance, have balanced menus on both sides of the fence. And I don't judge anyone who does one thing or another. I think it's how we look at the food and also how we bless it and how we, and we're imbibing nature. So we're imbibing God. Yeah, I love how balanced your approach is because you've been in the industry for how many decades and you've obviously been around for the different fads and trends that come and go. So it's very reassuring to know that it all comes back to balance, do what works for you, eat seasonally, eat locally, eat good quality food, don't eat overeat, don't eat too much food in general. Um, So yeah, happy to hear that. And and be vegetable forward. Yes, I'm definitely with you. And the reason why, can I, can I ask? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The reason why I am so much vegetable forward that that's the mo- one of the most important parts of any choice in diet is because the plant has an etheric field and that etheric field it emanates from minerals. Our most important nutrient, our most important nutrients are minerals because in the mineralization is where we have the electromagnetic energy. So I talk a lot about that. And I do a lot of mineral testing with my clients with HGMA, her tissue mineral analysis, and a lot of people are very mineral deficient. So, and they're eating, they may be supplementing, but because the soil is so deplete these days, because of things like glyphosate and heavy metals, and once the plant is harvested, it starts to be depleted. So we're shipping things from halfway across the world. So I agree with eating locally. I know it's a big emphasis um, for you as well. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And getting back to the etheric energy as well, you've mentioned Ayurvedic medicine a couple of times and how you're passionate about that. Um, how does the chakra system tie into all of this if, if it does at all? Well, of course it does because that's how the etheric force field gets into us is through the, the chakras, which are vortexes of energy we have. We talk about seven chakras. We have more than that, but we can talk about it being the adrenal glands, the um, reproductive organs, the testes, and and the ovarian energy. Uh, These are chakras. So the sacral sacral chakra chakra is where our hormones come in. That's how it plays out. So if we're going to have good hormones, our sacral chakra needs to flow. So we have the base chakra, which is the adrenal glands. Then we have the the reproductive organs. Then we have the pancreas and uh, in the solar plexus, it's pancreas. I'm talking about endocrine glands that actually produce hormones. You know, the endocrine gland, the pancreas actually produces insulin. So um, we have our, our heart with our heart chakra, which is the thymus gland. We have our throat chakra, which is thyroid. We have the Ajna chakra, which is the pituitary gland. We have the crown chakra, which is the pineal gland. The thing that I emphasize is that we can't just focus on one endocrine gland. We may have a low thyroid causing problems in the reproductive area. However, we have the, the, the thyroid is not really in charge because the thyroid gets messages from the pituitary gland and from the adrenal gland. Mm-hmm. So everybody has to talk to each other. It's like a car. We have to take care of our car by giving it good fuel, by changing the oil filter, and by balancing the spark plugs, by making sure our spark plugs are all talking to each other. Just one spark plug out will throw the whole mess out. And the, the, the main glands to pay attention to is the endocrine, of the endocrine glands is the adrenals and the pituitary. Those are the ones that send the messages. Those are master glands. We call them master glands. So when someone is 
in stressed or um, uh, over overworked and so forth, and our adrenal glands get exhausted, the next gland that that starts to to try to take over and then goes out of balance is the thyroid, and then we have the the whole problem of that. So ether comes in to our endocrine vortexes of energy. And that's how it feeds us. And they'll have a knock on effect on each other. So yeah, don't, so the, it's the very conventional. Very, the chakras are very important because they are the gateways. Then they are connected to the endocrine glands and the endocrine glands then produce the hormones. And that's how the whole story begins of being human. And there are even like functional or holistic practitioners who just hyper-focus on the adrenals or the guts and they don't take this holistic approach. So they're kind of doing what allopathic or conventional doctors do where they send you to one place for one issue, another specialist for another issue and nobody's looking and putting the puzzle pieces together. So yeah. yeah the speciality of medicine. Correct. Yeah, I, I like to take a holistic approach, yes. Yeah. And what about... Because I know that there's colors associated with the chakra systems. So, for example, the sacral chakra is orange, I think, if I remember correctly. Do you feel like increasing um, those types of colorful foods helps in any way? Sure. I think we should have a variety of, you know, a rainbow of food, of course. Um, but in balancing, and there are ways of using color on the endocrine system and on, so you could use orange, yes. Um, but you can use indigo for the for when there's shock on the head. Colors are very, very important. Even the homeopathic remedies are actually color. And according to the potency, it changes color. So that's a whole nother world. We can probably speak for hours upon that. <laughs> I see that in my classes. Could you touch on what, because I haven't, I've had some people who do use homeopathy as part of their practice, but I don't think we've had like a proper definition as, as to what it is. So what is homeopathy and how could it be helpful? Now, wait a minute. You're in London? Manchester. Oh, well, Manchester. Yeah. Okay. But you are in England. Yes. England is very, very ahead I know. in homeopathy for yeah. sure. And I'm really interested in it. And the college that I studied at um, do offer some homeopathy classes, but I've never had any experience of it. So I would love to hear your opinion. Oh, so wonderful. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, homeopathy, it, it would be my number one choice if I had no other modality. Really? Amazing. Because, because it is medicine that is non-toxic and works. So let's go to homeopathy. Homeopathy works on the principle of likes cure likes. So let's take a red, let's take a red onion. We cut the onion. What happens? Eyes tear, you know, burn and all of that. Now, if we potentize, by potentize, I mean take that onion and make it into and put and let it sit in water and then dilute it, dilute it, dilute it until the substance isn't there, but the energy of it is. That little those little pellets of onion um, will actually, if you have hay fever symptoms, sort of, you know, tearing, burning, you can take that potency and it will change. Those symptoms will go away. So homeopathy works on symptomology, but we have a, what I call a Bible, a Materia Medica, in Materia Medica, we have that hundreds and hundreds of, of homeopathic remedies that have been proven, the law of proof proving, which I will explain in a minute, will tell you what each substance, whether it be mineral, um, sputum, um, um, milk even, uh, herbs, all of these things have been proven on humans to cause a certain symptom or many symptoms according to what the person has um, um, told the person, who, the, the tester. And there are lots and lots of symptoms of different homeopathic remedies. And it's been proven, the proving is 
you take the remedy, take the remedy, take the remedy, and you start to have symptoms because you're taking the remedy so much. They never, they never bring it to the point very, very sick, but headaches will be in there, burning eyes, can't breathe, congestion. All of these remedies have been proven on people through these minute doses or diluted doses of these different substances. And so homeopathy works very quickly if we've got the right remedy. And the right remedy is listening to the patient. I use homeopathy, it's just I, I eat, drink and sleep homeopathy these days with all the symptoms that are around the world. And so there are protocols for homeopathy that will help with colds and flus and hormonal problems. Amen, really hormonal. Because what does homeopathy do? Homeopathy stimulates the vital force to heal itself. It's not like taking an aspirin, the headache goes away. No, we're matching the symptoms of the headache. Is the headache here? Is the headache here? This is digestive, this is liver. And so we start to say, oh, that remedy, that makes sense. Let's give them Nux Vomica, for instance. Nux Vomica in its own is just like, a, is actually a poison if you took it in its full strength. But it's not because we're diluting it to such a degree that the pharmacist can't even tell there's anything in it except energy. So of course that would be my, my choice in medicine because mm -hmm. I'm an energy practitioner. Yeah. So with the addition of homeopathy, I'm able to handle a lot more than just an herb. And I shouldn't say just an herb because the herbs are powerful. I love the herbs. I love the herbs. I love homeopathy. I love good diet. I love um, good exercising, stretching, meditation. This is lifestyle. And there are methods to cleaning the liver. Why liver? Because that's our biggest detoxifying organ. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk about your approach um, to kind of restoring energy systems, but what are some of the things that can, so obviously home, homeopathics and yoga and breathing and nature can all improve our etheric energy. What are some of the other things that can negatively impact? Um, there are a few that I want to specifically talk about that were in your book. Um, firstly, the umbrella of parasites. So usually when we think of parasites, we think of things like Blastocystis hominis and Dientamoeba, like the common um, kind of ones that are tested on stool tests. But under the umbrella, you include things like viruses, worms, fungi, and bacteria as well. So yes. um, could you talk a little bit about the common things that you see and maybe some examples of how you related them to the five elements as well in the Chinese okay. medicine? <laughs> Good. That was a big question. <laughs> you, you just go for it. You just start talking. <laughs> it's just like the homeopathy. I didn't expect to give a homeopathic lecture, and I was like, "Oh, homeopathy." There's so much to say, and there's so much. There's so much to say in in parasites as well. Mm -hmm. One um, of my favorite subjects. Oh, good. <laughs> like the past few months, like pretty much every episode has referenced parasites because I've been deep into the research and I've been doing parasite cleansing on myself and it's literally changed my life. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, good for you. So um, I look at it as five categories of parasites. Yes, worms. Yes, fungus. Yes, bacteria. Yes, microscopic like the amoeba. And virus. I consider them all parasites. Um, before we go into that, we need to understand that the reason why we get parasites is because we get out of balance. Okay, if our electromagnetic field or the etheric force field is strong, then we don't get those parasites because it just doesn't want to be living in you. So we'll get into the fact that we have to clear heavy metals and, and radiation to balance the electromagnetic field of our body, which is really our etheric field as well. So these parasites come in because we have a, we're out of balance. The, uh, we'll start with worms. Worms are connected to the earth element. Okay. In fact, in Ayurveda, this is the earth finger. So I say, that's how I remember because 
It's easy to remember. It's like, like a little worm. <laughs> like a little worm, yeah. And it's, this is the earth finger. Okay, so worms. Worms like from the soil, they're worms, you could see them. We get roundworms, we get pinworms. Kids get pinworms all the time. They're passing it to each other. Yeah, so that's worms. Then we have fungus. Fungus is connected to the water element as, and this is the water finger. That's why we wear, you know, sentimental rings on, on, the, on the, this water finger. And this, these fungus or these fungi um, usually comes from, in past antibiotics, birth control pills, big deal with birth control pills and fungus. Um, too much sugar, too much, and so much fermentation and that it just grows and grows and grows. So that's fungus. That would make sense in terms of the Ayurvedic or Chinese medicine. They say like excessive dampness. So that that's kind of ties into the, it. Right. We, if it's truth, we should be able to integrate it into every kind of uh, philosophy. So that is, that is truth. It's the dampness. Um, then we have the, this is our, our fire finger. Our middle finger is our fire finger. And fire you associate with bacteria. Bacteria can go into infection. It can fire up. it be very, very inflammatory full of infection. And that happens again for many reasons. There's many reasons for bacteria. Um, but, and the treatment for that, I like using homeopathy very much. And there are homeopathic remedies that affect, that deal with infection, that deal with fire, over fire, overheat, that fever, that's bacteria. Then we have microscopic parasites, I separated, I separated very much from worms. This is the air finger. I separated from, from worms because this you can see and this you can't. And those are the hard ones to find, is the ones you can't. We have a lot of problem in, in America with Lyme disease. And, yeah. I got it. <laughs> oh, no. I got it in the US as well. <laughs> Did. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Those little ticks, they get to you. And I think mine was from a mosquito, honestly, um, really? in, in New York City. Okay, yeah. well, that has been known. Um, the, so that is the spirochete. The spirochete is connected to syphilis, actually. The spirochete is, is really from syphilis or the syphilis uh, family. And so it's really hard to get rid of because it's so microscopic. You might think it's gone, but then there's just a little area and it comes back again. So the only way to deal with Lyme is maintenance. And if you change your lifestyle and you clear that big, massive spirochete that first came, you can keep it under control. I, you know, we see it all the time. Then we have viruses. We all have viruses. Okay, we've been injected with viruses. We've had flus. We, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a subject that's very um, uh, difficult to talk about these days because everybody's mind is on virus. And the way we deal with viruses is becoming strong and overcoming the viruses and knowing that you can heal it. And then the virus will calm down. Obviously, we're in a, a contagious uh, world right now, as a lot of people are talking about that. But if we can keep our electromagnetic balance normalized, we won't have that problem because it's, it's contagious because we're, we, we have become a good host for it. And part of it, part of it is because of fear. So there are so, certain, certain emotions also connected with these elements and that might make you more prone to getting viruses if you're a fearful person? I, I like to call it the psychoimmune system. Yeah. How do we strengthen our immune system? Nature, positivity, good thoughts, and being careful when we're in, a, when we're in a, an environment that has a lot of viruses happening. Viruses are information there to help us. It's connected to the ether. So now we realize that viruses are really very spiritual and they're giving us spiritual information. So how do we connect with that? In the case of worms, 
is the earth. We use, we use herbs, detoxification herbs. That's what cleanses worms. In the case of uh, fungus and the water element, we use, um, well, a good, we, we, we have to get away from the idea is I want, I want, I want. You know, when somebody has a lot of candida, all they want is sugar. They, they, they can't stop eating sugar. And so we need to balance that and that's change your diet. Candida, you have to change the diet, otherwise it'll stay there. And then there are good formulas to use for candida. In the case of bacteria, it's usually those are flare-ups and deal, dealing with bacteria, hopefully not having to go to the point of antibiotics because then, you, then you, you've got a double thing going on. And then we have the microscopic, which we have um, oxygenating herbs to work with the lime or the spirochetes or the amoeba. So, um, and then the, again, the viruses, the viruses are there. And um, if we only embraced it and realized it's trying to help us to rise above it all, then we're gonna get ahead of this game. Mm -hmm. For example, with something like Epstein-Barr virus, there's tons of people just chasing the virus, trying to kill it off, which is impossible. And no. the goal should be to strengthen the immune system and the etheric field so that it can keep the virus in check just on its own. Correct. Correct. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores? Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years, because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the ratio can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. And you mentioned before about the connection with environmental toxins and radiation what is the order of approach like when do you go after those things um or do you go after the parasites or um the same time uh, yeah the same time okay <laughs> because we have to change the field that we're working in so we're working in this field of maybe full of heavy metals now that creates a slow activity at the cellular level so if that's going on how do we really find balance we can't so as you, as you know, you've read my book and I use therapeutic baths to deal with heavy metals, chemicals, and radiation. 
And so um, we neutralize the heavy metals. We can do it also with homeopathy. If we know we have high levels of, of aluminum, for instance, which I find aluminum the worst of all, and it's not just from using aluminum pans or aluminum pots, it's in the environment. There are nanoparticles of aluminum in our environment. And those nanoparticles come into our, our cells and cause a slowing, a very a slowing of the cells. So we have, so a cell, a cell has an acid, an acid balance or electrical flow. Acid is electrical. It's a very high moving. Then we have a magnetic flow or, or uh, alkaline, not alkaline in the, in the, what we call uh, in, the, in the fluids in our body, but alkaline like a battery. So we have all these little batteries in our, in our body and those are our cells. And it's balanced with electrical, with acid and alkaline, acid and alkaline, just like, like you take a battery. So how do we balance it so we keep the integrity of the cell? If it goes too far one way, it, get, it, it, it gets slow. And if it goes too far the other way, it gets inflammatory. Radiation is inflammatory. It's a high acid field. It's a lot of movement and electricity. And that's why we feel it in our, in our nerves. If you're near a, like a power, a power, a power center or, or um, cell towers, you can feel it. You're, all of a sudden you feel like a buzz, at least I do. And the, sensitive, the sensitive souls can feel <laughs> Bluetooth and 5G, all of these it's new. Everywhere. You know. I recommend that people um, uh, hardwire their computers and not just use Wi-Fi. Uh, if we can avoid as much as possible, it's a good thing. Otherwise, we can also, and besides that, we need to take sea salt and baking soda baths. Pound of sea salt, pound of baking soda. Very simple, very si simple method of putting it in the bath for a half an hour. You soak in the bath for a half an hour. It doesn't have to be so hot, it burns you, but enough that the temperature changes. So you get into a nice hot bath, which I know is very, very good for you Brits, love your baths. Definitely me. And, <laughs> and I yeah. was used to just doing regular Epsom salt baths because I knew of the benefits of like the sweating and the magnesium, but I have been doing the um, therapeutic baths and I really noticed a big difference. So you were the oh, only person that I heard talking about things like radiation before. Yeah, because if you do a sea salt and baking soda bath a couple of times a week, you can, you can mitigate most of the radiation on a regular basis. And people say, well, how long do I have to do these baths? Well, I think you have to keep doing them. Because as long as you're on this, in this toxic planet. world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless, and the baths will not be the whole story if we have very strong electromagnetic field around our house. So we have to watch where we're living also sort of, you know, when you go these days, uh, even when you go into New York City, it's a strong electromagnetic field. So it's, it, it, we're subtle energy. It's not just our physical body, we have these energy fields and that's what upsets the, elect the etheric energy is these hidden unseen contaminants. So I'm trying to give solutions to help people mitigate it so we can survive as a, as a human race. And as well as the, the therapeutic baths, are there any other tips that you have for when we travel? So over the past year with everything that's been going on, people are more desperate than ever to travel and go on vacation or holidays, but there is obviously risk with radiation and um, things can be very stressful sure. to the body with changing time zones on the circadian rhythm and all of that. So is there anything else or any other tips that you have for healthy Well, travel? you know, walking barefoot, mm -hmm. grounding, you know, earthing, they call it earthing, uh, will help to re rebalance your electromagnetic fields. Yeah. So that helps. The salt and soda baths helps. Seaweed helps enormously with radiation. Cilantro helps enormously with heavy metals, but that seaweed is, so you can, I bring like a, a package of dulse and I eat dulse <laughs> on my trips. <laughs> um, 
And there, but at the end of the day, it's our meditation and our connection beyond our atmosphere up to the divine that actually strengthens our electromagnetic field. That's what strengthens the webs, the web, because we believe who we are. And we, I mean, I believe that we are God within. And so if we can trust nature to heal us, trust, I do a lot of tree hugging. If you look at my, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see me hugging a tree because that's what energizes me. And if you try it, it will do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people think it's like a very woo-woo, hippie thing, but it really does work. And you can't, everyone always feels better after doing it. You can't, you can't say that, that's not true. We, we can't put a description on it. We just do it because we believe and love nature. So we, we walk in awe of nature. I do. I mean, that's what keeps me going. And it has for, you know, my whole life. Same here, especially with the lockdowns in the UK and us being cooped up inside all the time. I just feel like so tired and my mood isn't great when I'm not getting outside. So that is one of the Are you able to leave your house? Yeah, we can leave the house, but at the start of it, we could only go out like once a day to go for a walk. And then we weren't meant to do any other form of exercise or going outside, which was crazy. I think it's hard um, on the lockdowns. It's very hard living in a city. Mm-hmm. That, that is the biggest issue here. Yeah. I'm lucky and I, I work in New York City, uh, but I haven't worked in New York City this whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, I live Where I live is, is pretty much in nature, so. And what about those people who, because I'm the same as you, who get overwhelmed with the energies of big cities, like I'll happily go to London or New York, but for a weekend and then it's just too much. I can never live somewhere like that. But what about those people who are drawn to live in those types of energies? What's going on with that? Well, I'm originally a New Yorker. Probably hear my New York accent. (laughs) Actually, Brooklyn, New York. Um, So um, what I say is, Put on music and dance because the music creates rhythm and it helps our emotional field. You know, rescue remedy, we need, you need rescue, we need rescue remedy. We need vitamin D because you're not getting in the sun. Need vitamin C because it's really a good way of, uh, it's one of the, it's one of the nutrients that is not supported uh, uh, with food as easily. So those are the things that I, across the board, please do if you're cooped up in the house. Um, Breathing exercises. You can still open up your windows and do breathing exercises. Breathing is so important because that's how the energy comes into us. You know, when we took our first breath, we got our vital force. And so... Opening up the chest is so important. So make sure your lungs are strong. Alternate nostril breathing in yoga is very good to balance the mind. It's a real challenging time. Definitely. People overlook the simple and free things, just like sitting and doing five minutes of breathing. It's one of the fastest and quickest ways to put the body into that rest and digest parasympathetic mode. Yes. And bring back our energy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And stillness, yes. to be still. Sometimes we have to shut the mind off. And so that's where meditation comes in, to just be in stillness. Um, I, I, I have a very easy meditation for those people who don't meditate on a regular basis. It's a very simple technique to meditate. It just takes some time, you know, even if five, I tell my patients, even if you have five minutes, still your mind. You can't still your mind. Okay, use this technique. You close your eyes. You 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 sit on the ground is most helpful, and you imagine a beautiful river coming in. Beautiful river, and you can hold on to the river because our mind is all over the place. Okay, look at the thought, and then you have a little boat over there but on the river and take that thought and put it in the boat and let it go down and get back to looking at the, at the river. 
the point is to take control of your mind. And they said that the people with, the people who can't meditate or find it the hardest to meditate are often the people who need it the most. But it's like training other muscles at the gym. You can't expect to run a marathon just from working out once. So you have to, you can't expect yourself to sit in meditation in complete silence with zero thoughts. And that's not even the goal, is it, to, with meditation? No, listen, it's taking control of your mind and being still for, mm-hmm. for a change. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah. I was one of those people who was very resistant to meditation because I'm quite type A and my mind's like always going. Um, so it's been one of the um, biggest game changers for me personally. So if there's anyone out there listening who feels the same, just give it a try. And if that's like just sitting on the ground with your eyes closed, isn't your form of meditation. It could be going out in nature going for a walk or hugging a tree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it still counts. <laughs> yeah. It, it just take the time to acknowledge. You know, here's another here's another way. You have a beautiful plate of food in front of you. Bless the food. Connect with the food. That's nature. Our food nature, our plants are nature. Going at nature is everywhere. We are nature. And the most important message here is nature heal. Definitely. And you've mentioned throughout the episode about the importance of plants and organic and kind of a plant-based, not necessarily a vegan diet, but just having that as the center with local, organic, a rainbow of vegetables, and maybe some kind of functional foods like the sea vegetables to help with the radiation and detox. Is there anything else? Obviously the boot goes into more details and kind of a six week plan to help with some of these things, but why is the focus so much on the liver? Is there anything else that you want to um, mention? Yeah, because the liver is the factory. It's a factory, it's the biggest detoxing. I think it's easier to say what the liver doesn't do. It detoxes our toxins. It also detoxes our mental thoughts and our Mm -hmm. emotional thoughts. So being on a spiritual path, you want to make sure that your liver is clean because the liver is the is really the seat of our will. It's the seat of our will. I I see people when their liver is low, they have no will for life. You start cleansing the liver and all of a sudden, wow, I'm ready to live. And it's because it just it's not just a physical organ. It's a very esoteric organ. So if we're really looking on having a holistic life, we have to realize that the mental, that what is, what is health? Health is the balance of the mental, emotional, physical, etheric bodies, and they are integrated. And that's how we have balance. Now, once we're in balance with our mental, emotional, physical, etheric, it's easy to connect. It's easy to connect to the higher forces because that's why we're here. We are here to know who we are and why we're here. I think some people, and I've mentioned before in a different episode about the organ and emotion connection, a lot of the time people associate the liver with anger. Do you feel like that falls under it as well? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. That's why when we detox the liver, sometimes we get pretty angry. Sometimes we're very irritable and tell everybody off. Just say, sorry, I'm detoxing my liver. (laughs) It's an excuse. Yeah. And we can detox our liver just with food, change the food. So I have a liver cleansing diet that we use for the first three weeks is really strict. It's basically protein, fruits, and vegetables and no fried, no fried, no fried. Don't heat your oils, Mm -hmm. you know, use your oil as the part of the healing, you know, use that wonderful olive oil to pour on your steamed vegetables after maybe a little sprinkle of good sea salt. And it, you, it becomes so tasty that when you have something fried in deep oil, it doesn't taste as good anymore. So we're changing the taste buds. Then once we, after three weeks, I let them have, or it's called the modified version. And you're allowed to have cooked whole grains with our legumes and, and, our, and, and the rest of the diet. So the diet consists of like maybe um, <clears throat> oatmeal, maybe oatmeal with a few berries in the morning for breakfast or the liver cleansing drink. 
I have two liver cleansing drinks. One's a green drink and one's a citrus drink. We can have that for a breakfast. And then we go to lunch. Lunch, make it vegetables. Whatever it is, make it vegetables, whether it's steamed vegetables, whether it's nice big salad. I, I'm careful about not eating too many salads in the middle of the winter. I think we need cooked food in the winter and more raw in the summer. So that's according, that's seasonal. But you wanna include good protein with your vegetables and again at dinner. So that's basically the diet. There's lots of menus, there's lots of choices and start to love, love the food. Oh, I'm on this diet, yuck. <laughs> the way we heal is by loving what we're doing. Food is medicine. Food is medicine. And can people expect to go through some sort of detox reaction during this? Is that a good sign or is that a sign that you need to do something different? You know, it, the baths help for the detox, number one, because you're sweating in the bath. Number two, the de um, detoxing, it, it's a slow detox because it's over a period of six weeks. And just the change in diet alone will change things. If it doesn't, better take a look at parasites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could be eating the most perfect diet, but if you've got a ton of parasites, you're going to still this be inflamed. This diet is giving you symptoms. There's more than just the liver going on here. Take a look at your bowels. Are your bowels moving? Okay, keep them moving. There's lots of good formulas on the, on the mar over the counter on the market. Uh, with herbs that will help until you realize what's going on. But if, but if you have to keep taking laxatives, then there is a problem. There's a problem. There are so many reasons for the problem. I mean, this, <laughs> this is, these are the times when people ask me questions. Well, I have this symptom and I have this symptom. So like how long have you got? Like three hours, we could keep going and talking about all of these things. I, I actually enjoy it. I, you know, I've been in practice for 40 years and um, I, I don't see myself retiring anytime soon. My teacher- No, I don't want you to. My, my, my teacher practiced till she was 104. Wow. So I have about uh, 30 plus years for that. You can do it. You can, you can go further than that. I'm sure of it. I tried to write a book, you know, to, give all the tips that I have been using for all these years. So that I figured, oh, it's time for me to retire. Well, my God, it made things worse. <laughs> yeah, they say that you need to keep your mind busy. Oh, but you also okay. deserve a rest, I think. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, you know, my rest will be, I'm gonna write something more, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when, you, when you're doing what you love, it often doesn't feel like work. So it will be adding to your life, not taking away. Now, do you feel like you're working now? No, I'm having fun. I don't feel like I'm working now. <laughs> this is life. Yeah. This is why we're here. So to live. Mm -hmm. I don't separate work from pleasure. You know, whether I'm, I, I love to dance. So I'm either dancing or do, doing doctoring. Those are my two life threads <laughs> yeah i feel like podcasting is one of my favorite parts of my job and connecting with amazing practitioners like yourself oh that's so sweet thank you and i always end with a few questions for my guests just so we can get to know you on a more personal level so the first one is what's one thing that you do daily to stay in hormonal harmony okay so when i think of hormones i think of the endocrine system mm -hmm. so what i do daily is i do meditate that's like the foundation and breathing, and breathing. And, breathing. and um, in the shower, I say my prayers. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I say Gayatri Mantra every day, at, at least a few times a day when I start practice. I say, and I say the Lord's Prayer every day in, well in, in the shower. Mm -hmm. And that balances who I am and why I'm here, you know, and, and why I'm doing it. That's perfect. What's your go-to breakfast, if you're a breakfast person? Oh, boy. I love soft-boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, I love soft-boiled eggs. 
boiled eggs. But I don't eat them every day, but I do love it. If you, if, if I'm going out, people, or is it gonna have two poached eggs <laughs> on top of some asparagus, please, <laughs> with some spinach. But um, I love my uh, liver cleansing drinks for the morning. And I prefer to have something more, more lighter in the morning or I'll do oatmeal with berries. And I like to use a little cream on it, real cream. Because even though I'm pretty much dairy free, I use cream because cream is a fat, it's not a dairy. Yeah. So I like it better than milk. So Great. I do that. Oh. Or it's muesli in the, and muesli in the summer. Mm -hmm. So you've got a few different options on rotation, depending on the weather, I, your mood. I rotate, yeah. <laughs> I feel in the morning. Maybe I'll do a fresh squeezed juice in the morning. It's all up in air. Yeah. You listen to your body and what your needs are I that do. day. I do. Yeah. And to summarize everything, I know we've covered like tons of different subjects today, but is there a piece of advice to summarize everything that we've covered or just your, your message as a practitioner in general? You know, my message to as being a practitioner is, um, be honest with yourself. We know what's right or wrong. So be honest, say, is that really going to serve me? Is that food gonna serve me? Is what I'm doing going to serve me? Because first we have to love ourselves. We cannot love another person until we love ourselves. So loving ourselves to me is the most important part. That may sound selfish, but unless we love ourselves, we can't love another. And unless we, unless we see God in the other, we don't understand God at all. Totally. And I say that even to my clients all the time, even if I give them some recommendations for diet and tell them to increase certain foods, if they don't feel good eating them, if they, uh, maybe I tell them to remove something and they feel worse, it's about listening to your body. I just give them a guideline and kind of um, sure. what I've seen to help previously but it comes back to your unique body at the end of the day and there's so much conflicting information out there these days that we just get overwhelmed and don't actually listen to what our body's telling us that we need good advice you are just beaming <laughs> with ready to just implement so much mm, it's passion and me being a bit of a nerd <laughs> <laughs> they worked <laughs> <laughs> And very last question for you is where can people find more from you online? And I'm sure they're interested in grabbing your book after hearing our conversation today. So it's Harmonic Healing. Where can they um, pick up a copy? Uh, uh, Harmonic Healing is offered by Hay House UK. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can get the book there. Uh, if you look me up, Linda Lancaster, and there's lots of YouTubes out there that I've done. Uh, with Hay House, actually, and um, others. I've done a lot of podcasts. You can look at my website, lightharmonics.com, and, um, and also Light Harmonics on Instagram, and Facebook, Light Harmonics Institute. And I will link all of those in the show notes um, so people can get easy access to them. But I highly recommend the book. I said before we started recording, it's one of my favorite books and I've read a ton in the health and nutrition world. I love how holistic and kind of old school your approach is in terms of get like the real naturopathic approach. Because a lot of practitioners these days, again, they're very like specialized in certain areas and they're not taking the, into consideration the energetics and emotions and trauma and nature and all of those things. They're just very focused on the diet um, or just gut health. So I want to thank you personally for the work that you're doing. Um, I really look up to you as an inspiration and I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom with the listeners and myself today. Ah, it's been my, my great pleasure. You know, I just see, I see light at the end of this tunnel. Just keep going on your lifestyle. Trust that nature will heal and, and keep that electromagnetic energy in balance so that our ether, our etheric force field, which is connected to the divine, that's where the connection is in that energy field. What so. a perfect way to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Dr. Linda. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. 
all you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain, and refined sugar-free recipes, and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health, as I share a ton of free content every day, and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk, for my blog and many free guides, which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss, or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.